Hey y'all, it's Danielle. We are finally back with episode 14 of Ain't No Free Lunch. Tykeen has been extremely busy with the election and I've been busy establishing my classroom for the new school year and coaching my high school volleyball team. We know, we know, (laughs) no excuses. And we promise to be more diligent in the future. Anyway, this week we discussed two things. Number one, Kanye West's never-ending foolishness. And two, we processed our thoughts about the 2016 election and President-elect Donald J. Trump. We're excited to be back, y'all. Let's eat. And we are back. (laughs) Finally. Finally. What's up? It's been months. Literally. It's your fault. It's not my fault. Out there coaching for a change. So coaching is like a 24-7 job when you coach where I coach. Because then we started teaching and then I got to be there. I just had no time. It's partially my fault because then I was ready to record and where were you? I was out here trying to win the election. Okay. So it's not all my fault. The people, if it were up to me, they would have got some a little bit sooner, but... Like a week ago? No. I was ready, like, before the election. Volleyball ended before the election. Ready to go. Fired up. Fired up and ready to go. Yes, we can. <laughs> Sheesh, I miss President Obama. I, no, How you actually, miss him? He's still in office. Actually, I don't miss President Obama. I miss candidate Obama. Like... Candidate Obama was super, super inspiring. President Obama, eh, I, I like him. I root for him. But Candidate Obama, like, he was the man. He was filled with hope and dreams and before the actual job. That's, like, for real, that's, like, teaching. So this year I have a, a resident. Shout out to Miss Wilson. Shout um, out to Miss Wilson. And we've been discussing, like, the Is differences. Is she a nasty woman or? She, she was a nasty woman just like I was a nasty woman. A nasty woman. <laughs> But uh, we're we're talking about like the differences between when you uh, before you become a teacher and like all of your hopes and dreams and this is what's going to happen in my classroom and the reality of when you actually walk into your classroom and you realize how hard the job is and how many cards are stacked against you and it drains you. Like, so, it really, really drains So, basically, you. you're saying that Obama didn't understand the political feasibility piece of things so he was filled with hope but then when reality set in it's like oh he got a little discouraged and i mean i wouldn't say exactly those words but that's the general just like i think the teacher that i wanted to be before i began my job is not the teacher that i am well girl i have i have a solution for that So we can talk about that in the future, but some education reform things are definitely coming down the pipe in Virginia. I'm sure they are. You know, I get tight when we talk about stuff like that. So yeah, you've been avoiding this conversation about school. What? No, I have not. I just finished telling you that we needed to have this conversation. When? I just finished texting you about it. When we were talking about what our next recording is going to be, I was like, yo, we need to do school choice. We've been talking about this. Receipts. I got receipts. What you mean? Anyway. I'll screenshot them and put them on our Twitter account. Anyway. <laughs> fellas, I'm also... I'll screenshot Danielle's... Uh, follow contact, us. 
her, her contact card. No. So you can follow uh, us you at Ain't No Free DMs. Lunch on, <laughs> on Twitter because I'm not playing with your foolishness. Side note. So, Danielle, maybe I showed my age and maybe Danielle showed hers a little bit. Like, I was in here talking about Honesty Box right before we started recording. Which I really and didn't she looked know at me like was. I was speaking a language, like a dead language. Like, like, what is that? I didn't know what Honesty Box was. That so, was like pre my Facebook. I think I was still like slowly kicking in on MySpace in those ages. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I was loyal. Wow. I was loyal. Tom was still sending you messages? <laughs> yeah. Tom was my best friend. So Honesty Box was a method of sending anonymous messages on Facebook. So think of like DMs, but you didn't know who they were coming from. And you Which could, is crazy. And you could hold an entire conversation with this person and never know who they were. I just feel like it's like a place for people to be hateful. No, That's actually, probably I, I think people are showing a lot of affection and love. You know, it was like it was a way for people to be thirsty and no one knew that they were being thirsty. Then what's the point of it? Because sometimes they eventually reveal themselves. Oh, no, I don't think I would have. That just seems like a waste of time to me. Yeah, this lady, my space for life. This lady asked me out on a date via Honesty Box one time. Like, she sent me all of these nice things, and then she was like, "I just, I want to take you out." She sounds like a punk. Well, I mean, when was the last time that you ever expressed interest in a man? Never. Oh, okay. Exactly. But if I were to, I wouldn't do it behind the veil of anonymity. Listen, anonymity. Don't you, <laughs> don't you miss your blessing because it doesn't come in the method that you expected like i don't worry about my blessing it's coming okay, okay. anyway let's see let's talk about you, you honesty. probably should delay your blessing let's talk about honesty real quick honestly how are you feeling about kanye west taikin because um i feel like throughout the years you and I have been on opposite sides of this this kanye debate and he recently came out with this rant caught on video and you know people are like you don't know the context no we know the context where basically he said he's been accused of saying and you can see it on the video one he says that it, even though he didn't vote he would have voted for donald trump pause two black people need to stop focusing so much on racism because just racism just is it's just not going away and three, I didn't see this in the video, but numerous people on Twitter were saying that he yelled, build the wall. I didn't see that on the video. I didn't see that either. But let's let's talk about the first two that were in the video. How are you feeling about Mr. West being that you are uh, such a such a supporter? I still like uh, Kanye's music. I'm a fan of his art. Mm. I'm one of those people that I can separate the message from the messenger. And just you still because- watch the Cosby show? Just because, <laughs> excuse me, <laughs> but asking. Bill Cosby has just been um, accused. Right, right, right. Yeah, he You didn't convicted. answer my question, though. Yes, I do. Oh, okay. I still went and watched <laughs> Birth of a Nation, even though I was... Y'all know I didn't go see Birth of a Nation. I was disappointed in that, but we maybe we can talk about that another time. Oh. But... Um, just because he voted for President Trump. He didn't he, vote. He said he would have voted. President-elect Trump. Well, just because he would have voted, you know, I mean, that's the amazing thing about democracy. And even though I don't agree with him Listen on to that, spin, I still... <laughs> Listen to this spin. I still appreciate his art. It's a great part of democracy. 
Kanye West is the Michael Jackson of our era. What? Are you kidding me? <laughs> That's why you couldn't even say it with a straight face. Stop I'll say it, it again. Cut it out. Stop the foolishness. I've been telling everybody Kanye West is not right. He done lost his mind. He is the perfect example of somebody who, who glows up and goes wrong. Let his tale be a caution to everybody. You what, so what's wrong with him? I mean, just because 50 other million people, 50 million other people in this country voted for president-elect Donald J. Trump. And I have all the feelings about them, too. Well, we can they don't differ. That. They don't differ from the way that I feel about Kanye West. He's past gone. How so? I'll wait. Okay. He's passed on because <laughs> he he got money. He entered into a different realm of society. And he forgot. He forgot pretty much anything about, I feel like, his previous life. Like, all of a sudden, we're focusing too much on racism. What did he say? He said that racism is an excuse. Didn't he say that? Like, last year or something like that? I have yeah, to look it up. Yeah, you know, like, I, I've been hearing a lot of troubling things about Kanye's persona. He mad at Beyonce, but he should have known she won't hear for this because she didn't even show up to the wedding. I see you, B. <laughs> I see you, B. <laughs> so, I was listening to the Karen Hunter show on yesterday. Mm -hmm. And Karen actually talked about Kanye a little bit. And so, she said that Dr. Donda was the late mother of Kanye. Like right. she, So, Karen Hunter. She was a um, doctor? Who? His mother? Yeah. I stand corrected if she wasn't. But I'm I, did, I didn't know. Was. I was asking. I think she was. Okay. Um, so Karen, beyond having a show on Sirius XM, she also owns a publishing company. Mm. So she published Kanye's late mother's uh, biography. Okay. Um, she also did Chris Jenner's biography. Ugh. And so although she is a she's a hustler, she she put her whole family on. So she was intending to do like she had a meeting with Kanye, and apparently Kanye didn't know Karen Hunter was Karen Hunter. Apparently, because she said on the air yesterday that Kanye deferred to every Caucasian American in that room because he's gone and just dismissed her. She was like, hold on, hold on. Let me tell you one thing. Like, this is my company. I'm Karen Hunter. But because he's gone, I really don't understand why this is even bread. relevant to ain't no free lunch today because he's running for president in 2020. I'm running for president in 2024. OK, this 2020 is more pertinent. Anyway, Kanye West is running for president. 2020. He's lost. He's lost. So, Trump, I did hear Trump like. Shame on you for supporting him. During the, uh, <laughs> it was like during the interview in, a few months ago, Trump said, you know, I'll never say anything bad about Kanye, but I may have to say something in four years because he may run against me. Yeah, Trump, no, he knew they had already probably had an established relationship where Kanye West, like, he's, well, in the video, he also says that he felt persecuted because he would have supported Donald Trump, which is why he didn't say anything. But Trump is saying, like, he loves Kanye West. A lot of other people have supported Kanye West. Uh, you know, I they're think, very similar. But, you know, I think. Narcissists. <laughs> Narcissism. Looking at you, Kanye West. Looking at you, Donald Trump. You know, Sloppy. We're going to get into the campaign and 
some of the potential shortcomings and all the shortcomings how that could have affected the polls but i think a lot of people probably felt the same way as kanye west like i'm not gonna come out and say that i'm supporting trump because i don't want to be badgered that's what everybody did but I'm a, well, not everybody. He said the silent majority. He was right. Well, he didn't. And they the, weren't the majority. I'll have you majority. know. Yeah. But that's what he was calling them, the silent majority. So, since you want to just jump all the way in. Yeah, we got to. This is what people want to hear. Let's go. So... So, President-elect Donald J. Trump. I'm going to just call him Donald Trump. The 45th president of the United States. He's not the president yet. He will be the president. Well, I mean, the electors haven't cast their votes yet. (laughs) Let's be clear. (laughs) That won't happen. (laughs) There's always a chance, guys. Hold out. The electors do not vote until December. And even though there, I think there are like 24 states that have bans against electors voting against the will of the people. It isn't a ban per well, se. Well, it's just like against the law or whatever. Yeah, but it's I'll, just a fine and well, their counts, their votes still count. In some states, it's a felony. In some states, it's a fine like $1,000. and Pay the um, thousand. You want me to fund you? Actually, some, I'll put my money some business my owners is. have come out. Like some have even reached out to me and said, hey, if people will change their vote. I'll pay the thousand dollars. Yeah, no, I I don't even have bread, but I'll find it. Cause this is this is crazy. Why is it crazy? That he's gonna be the, our president? Is that a real question? No. What's the issue here? Is it the issue that he's gonna be our president, or is it the issue how he won the presidency? Well, okay. So the way that he won the presidency as a civics teacher was completely legal. Absolutely. So, under the Constitution. If he assumes the presidency as the 45th president, it is 100% legal. There's nothing we can do about it. Okay, but before you go into but, let's talk about the Electoral College. Okay. So, a number of people have reached out to me every single day since the election. Mm -hmm. And we've had extensive conversation about the Electoral College. Something I think that is dismissed in mainstream media is how we got the Electoral College. Right. And the impact that slavery played on the Electoral College. Like, I don't hear anyone talking about that. So, essentially, Electoral College, and you're a civics teacher, mm-hmm. you probably sprinkle in some things. Every state is allocated a number of electoral votes based on population. I actually just finished teaching this to my kids last week. Probably should have taught them before the election. No, that's the way that the pacing goes. Oh, so. Exactly. Wow. Anyway. Every state, thank you. Every state is allocated a number of electoral votes based on population. So you're guaranteed at least three electoral votes. Can I correct you? Please. Okay. So the electoral college is based on congressional representation. So you have um, part of it is based on population, which is based on your House of Representatives, well, which is your state population. And so, so how do we get congressional districts based on what? Population, Population, but I'm not done. Okay. Thank you. The reason why each one of them are guaranteed at least three is because the other part of it comes from your senatorial representation, and each state gets a minimum of, well, a maximum minimum of two. Yes. So 
part of it is based on representation. The other part of it is based on your Senate, Before which was, everybody gets automatically two. That's why you get automatically three. Yeah, but it's not totally based on state population. Before it's I was based on congressional before representation. Before I was rudely interrupted. Corrected is what you mean. Before I was rudely interrupted. That was my next point. But okay. Nevertheless, so um, states like California, New York, Texas, Florida, they have more electoral votes than states like Rhode Island, New Hampshire, right, right, Massachusetts, Alaska, right. So. To win the presidency, you have to get 270 electoral votes. Correct. But Donald Trump did not win the popular vote. No, he didn't. Which means more people voted for Hillary Clinton, but he won the Electoral College with, what did he get, 306? I don't even remember. I just stopped watching after a while for self-preservation. Yeah. Like, so a, a couple things about that. Slavery had an impact on this because... The southern states wanted to count slaves in their population so they could get more electoral votes. And northern states said, no, these people aren't even allowed to vote. And that's kind of how we came up with That's part of the reason they came up with the three-fifths compromise. Mm -hmm. But no one is talking about that, which I find very, very interesting. But I think it's also important. There was a little bit of momentum in 2012 and... I was very verbal about getting rid of the Electoral College at that time. And some people told me that it was beneficial for Democrats and for states like Virginia and North Carolina that may not have as many electoral votes as like California. And they thought it was beneficial and that that was the method of that was a way for Democrats to continue to win presidency. And so now, all of a sudden, we didn't win with the Electoral College because the assumption was the demographics were changing in Pennsylvania, Ohio, Michigan, and that we would have a blue wall, a firewall, mm -hmm. and that we would always win. And that definitely did not happen. Well, I just want to like point out while we're talking about the Electoral College in relation to Donald Trump, um, at 11.45 p.m., November 6, 2012, he himself tweeted that the Electoral College is a disaster for democracy. Mm. And then, fast forward, and he's, he, he's won based on the Electoral College. You're right. A lot of it has to do with protecting slave-holding states. Uh, the argument that you're going to find from more conservative people is going to be that it's there to protect the smaller states. And rural America. And rural America. Well, when you look back into, you know, when this thing was was developed, what was rural America? The small population holding states, if you don't count black people. The southern slave holding states. Uh, very, very small. Yeah. Ding, ding, ding. So their argument it still feeds into the fact that the Electoral College was it's there predicated. To, to basically supersede anyone who's trying to get rid of slavery so the argument doesn't even make sense when people say oh it's about the small states so i saw this study where i'm not quite sure where i saw it from but probably on Twitter. it said that if you lived in wisconsin your vote had 3.5 times the amount of weight than someone who voted in new york because I think Hillary Clinton right now, as it stands, has a lead over Donald Trump with about by about one million votes. He's like one and a half million, which is crazy, right? 
but they're saying the vast majority of those one and a half million votes are within California. Like that's where they they're coming from. And so it doesn't matter when you they've already won what once you've already won the the state, the impact of your individual vote drops. Correct. So it doesn't make sense to me that just by merit of living in a rural area, you get more impact than someone living in a city. It doesn't even make sense. So basically, with the Electoral College, it isn't really one vote per person. Because in some places, your it's, vote counts a little bit. It counts. Has more yeah, it, it has more weight because of the Electoral College. So it's basically like a weighted grades. Yeah, scale. it's like a curve. Dang. I said this four years ago. I've been saying, like, my kids every year are like, what is the point of this? Or the question that I always get is, so why do we even vote? It doesn't count. And it does in the race to win your state. But once your state is either won or lost, then your individual vote, like, the the worth of it drops. Or it increases based on where you live. Mm. So how how did Clinton lose? Do you want me to answer that the way I want to answer that? How did Secretary Clinton lose? Okay, so the logistical answer is she lost the Electoral College. Like, that's the, that's the actual way. The way that you, when you break down who actually voted for Donald Trump. President-elect Donald Trump. For Donald Trump. <laughs> Show some res- Put some respect on his name. I will do that when people stop calling my president a monkey. So, back to what I was saying. The majority of women indeed backed Clinton, Hillary Clinton. Sure. Okay, so it was uh, 54% to 42%. We are the majority of the population. We already knew pretty much how the majority of white men were going to be voting. That was The polls were accurate in that way. However, okay. white women as a whole dropped the ball. In terms of getting Hillary Clinton elected. Now, not saying they dropped the ball in that they just didn't show up. They just didn't show up for Hillary Clinton, per se. So, 94% of, I think it's been fluctuating between 94 and 96% of black women voted for Hillary Clinton. 68% of Hispanic women voted for Hillary Clinton. And it's important to note that when we say Hispanic, that we're talking about black and white Hispanics. So, you got Afro-Latinas or people who identify as white but are of hispanic descent hillary clinton did also win 51 percent of college educated women to donald trump's 45 percent okay but i believe over don't tell us what you believe tell us what you know okay overall in terms of white women their votes just 43 percent of them supported um hillary clinton 53% of them, I mean, you know, you got the, I know it doesn't add up to 100, you got the give or take, but roughly 53% of them voted for Donald Trump. And that goes into this, I could go on a whole rant of like my ideals of feminism and my frustrations with particularly white feminism and how that that works. Hillary Clinton totally lost non-college educated white women, got trounced in that, but For me, when I look at the data, that is the place where I feel like Hillary Clinton's campaign felt like they had done well or were going to do well 
and it just turned out not to be the case at all so going back to my question before we kind of process that a couple things i was very very verbal about the lack of signs yard signs for hillary clinton for clinton and some people say it's 2016 no one cares about signs in rural america signs are still very very important and i think that well i can tell you that ohio pennsylvania virginia and i think michigan as of early october we didn't have signs we got signs here on october 3rd the day before the vice presidential debate which was here in farmville so and some people say like what's the impact of signs like i think psychologically it has an impact on voters um also camaraderie and i think it's, it's a testament for the ground game and so the clinton campaign was supposed to have this very robust round ground game and i didn't see it and so this is coming from someone that's chair of the local democratic committee someone that served as a consultant for some um for some local campaigns i didn't see the ground game this year you know we had stickers on doors um that I didn't even have her name on it. it just said remember to vote but those states that didn't have signs were states that were on her blue wall. Virginia was the only one that went blue. And so the story that I was told was that one of the union printers was broken. And um, that's why the signs were delayed in getting here. But we had Trump signs up in like early September. So more white women would have voted for Hillary Clinton if they saw signs? So I... I think that goes beyond just that. Because I'm still blown at them right now. I think that goes beyond just that demographic. So we can also look at the black turnout. And so while we can say, sure, we expected the turnout to decline some, it declined a great deal. And I'd argue that part of this was because of the voter suppression tactics. Oh, yeah. that was We knew that was going to happen. But yeah. it, then again, we're also 13% of the population. So like, yeah, yeah, yes, but, but, our, but if we look at the numbers and where she lost some of these states that Obama won, there was enough votes there to to make it up. So, for example, Michigan, Obama won Michigan by three hundred and fifty thousand votes. Clinton lost by about ten thousand. So she received three hundred thousand less votes than Obama did. So, 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 so listen, listen, listen. I'm confused. Clinton got like 75,000 less votes in Detroit or Wayne County than Obama did. And so if she would have gotten 50,000 of those votes, she would have won. She would have won Detroit. She would have won Michigan. So while these things, like we can look at it, and I think the Obamas articulated this very, very well on the campaign trail you know a couple votes here a couple votes there you know obama won north carolina in 2008 it's like 14 votes per precinct 14 people like i mean you can get that off of, off of your twitter followers 14 people per precinct and so that's how close these elections are you know i think sometimes we look at um you know 10,000 votes like man wow my vote really didn't matter but 
you know, if a couple people here and there say that, you know, it really changes. And North Carolina is another one of those states where I don't know if you all been paying attention how they kind of purge the voting rolls without telling people. Um, but I know people in North Carolina were in line for five hours to vote. And part of that is because of how many polling precincts were closed that were no longer, I mean, that were open four years ago and eight years ago. So, But can she help that? Well, that's I, that's my question. It's like I know we're trying to be introspective and see, like, where they could have gone, they could have controlled things. I understand they could have controlled signage, but can they control voter suppression laws? Well, I'm talking about it, her campaign. I'm not talking yeah, about the Democratic it, Party as a not, whole. Not necessarily, but at the same time, I don't think that she should have just showed up to run in 2015 because we knew some of these things started happening like they happened between obama's first election and second election some of them right but we also have to work and i i I really hope that the dnc that we have some changes under new chair whomever that will be i already know who i want keith ellison absolutely okay I think that'd be a phenomenal choice. I'm super but, hyped about it. But him. we have to like we have to win some of these small races and that means that uh we have to change some of these state legislatures and state go- and governors as well. And we can't just wait until it's a presidential year to say, "Oh, we want to win." Like we have to win some of these small races. So Virginia has an opportunity to do something right now and we'll see if they'll do the right thing. So yeah, so unfortunately, my state senator is going to Congress in January, which means we're going to have a special election for our state Senate seat. And uh, it's something that I'm exploring, honestly, uh, for the sake of being transparent to our listeners. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Keep it moving. <laughs> <laughs> but we can top the state Senate with the win in that seat. And with the Democratic lieutenant governor, we will have the tiebreaker. So we can change some of these, like, voter ID laws and, right. and such. But we have to start focusing on these off-year elections. And I think the DNC needs to be more grassroots and not just pay attention uh, when it's a presidential year. This is true. And I think this is something that, but that's, I don't think that's like a new argument. I feel like people have been talking about how. Yeah, but we, we haven't did to, But we haven't did it. I know that. I'm just saying, though, that's something that is brought up every year. We need to be more grassroots. We need to engage people more in the political process. And I think that's that, I do think that's true. I still think that there is something. This election to me was inherently sinister in terms of like how I felt about it. Not saying that it like the the way that people went about getting elected was sinister. So the night of the election, I went to sleep when Virginia went blue. Because I was really stressed out because Donald Trump was leading early and I was like I'm just waiting on Virginia. If Virginia goes blue, all's right in the world, right? That that was like that was my mindset. Thank goodness for Northern Virginia cuz they came through for us, right? Went to sleep. Woke up at about mm, 3.30 in the morning because my dog had to go to the bathroom and she's like 14 years old and when she got to go, she got to go. So (laughs) I woke up at like 3.30 in the morning and let my dog out and checked my phone because I was like, let me see what that Hillary won. Like that was literally my mindset. And then I saw, you know, breaking news, Donald Trump 
U.S. president-elect. I let the dog back in, ran upstairs to my parents' room, and they were asleep because I stayed at my parents' house because I don't have cable, and I wanted to watch the election on their cable. Um, So I go upstairs to my parents' room, and I wake them up, and I was like, this is not real life. And my dad was like, yeah, we just went to sleep, and we turned back on the television, and I literally, I just cried. Like, I, like like sobbed cried cry me a river no but for real it was like i had so much stress and so much anxiety built up in me because i felt like the america that i always knew that it was proved itself to be and like that stressed me out because I, people are always, and I'm always fighting back about people always saying like racism doesn't exist, racism is relegated to a few number of racists, um, and that every person who supports Donald Trump is is not a racist. You can't like diminish it to something that's all, solely about the merits of race or people who have to who. Um, are anti-LGBTQ or anti-Muslim. Some people voted on economics, but at the end of the day, I saw that people relegated people like me and other minorities of various backgrounds, orientations, as not important. Like every, I saw someone say like every Trump supporter is not racist, but every person who voted for Trump said that racism was not a t- was not a deal breaker. So, and that's that's stressless. That was scary to me. That was and, and and you know what? There's some people who are going to vote Republican regardless, and I understand that. And some people are going vote re- Democratic regardless. And, and some I people are really going to dislike Secretary Clinton. And some people were never going to vote to begin with. And, and I then, get that. And then we have Bernie or Bus. But there were so many people. And there are so many times and so many things that he said that were just inherently they were deal breakers for you violent to my person and people didn't see that as a deal breaker like the solidarity there wasn't there and that's why i have such anxiety about the way that donald trump won white women because i feel like the narrative surrounding feminism is that it's about equality of the sexes women are equal to men women including black women white women south asian american women women trans women like women you know what i mean and so many people white women decided that the violence that was being relegated against other women other groups of women in terms of his rhetoric in terms of what he was encouraging in terms of his policy about health care wasn't important enough for them to not vote for him and that is scary to me. Okay, so let me ask you a few questions here. Takeen Cooper, the journalist. I'm listening. Would a Bernie Sanders nomination as vice president, do you think that changes the results of the election? I think that it doesn't. Well, Bernie Sanders was very far to the left. Very much so. Very far to the left. And I think that he was too far to the left to pull anybody who was on, who was in the middle on that brink. So I said on this platform months ago that while I like Senator Kane, he's a junior senator from the Commonwealth of Virginia. Crib. Crib. 
I didn't think he was the right choice. I know you did. You did say that. And I was surprised and disappointed with how close Virginia was. Yeah. I think so, they thought we had they had it in the bag. So, you know, if you consider that Clinton is very good friends with our governor, McAuliffe. Right. The junior senator is your vice presidential nominee. Um, and how Virginia has swayed over the past eight years. Mm-hmm. I, I didn't think that it should have taken that long. I thought Virginia should have. Anytime you get a vice president, this is just my opinion. But I think it should have been like Indiana. As soon as the polls closed, it was like red. You know, that's what where Pence is from. Right. And I think, however, the way Kane won before, he didn't carry anything that she didn't. I mean, yeah, he so, didn't carry anything that she didn't carry. Yeah, so Kane was. They won in the same areas. He was a benefactor of Obama, honestly. He was, because he was, I think he was one of one of the first people to endorse him, because I went to the night that he, that's something I'll never forget, I was in the 11th grade, and I went to the event party, because my Aunt Judy had pulled some strings, because she's good friends with um, Senator Kane, and I went to his, like, endorsement like party for Barack Obama and that was the first time I got to shake Barack Obama's hand and I like bought his book that night and I have a shirt yeah so so that's one thing right then I think is important for us to so yeah we, we can look at the demographics of the people that voted right mm-hmm. I think but that's important it is definitely important but let's let's look beyond just the demographics and let's we're solutions-oriented people, right? We are solution-oriented. So let's just briefly talk about why some of these people may have voted for Trump. Other than, like, having racism, not being yeah, well, a breaker, well, sexism, so bigotry. I, so honestly, I think that Clinton ran a pretty defensive campaign. So She had to. No, no, hold on, hold on. I feel like, are you a football fan? I mean, I'll watch it if it's on. So, do you remember... Let's just go back to this past year's Super Bowl. Okay. Did I watch that? The Broncos versus the Panthers. Oh, I don't think I watched it because I got mad. Okay, so the Broncos, their defense... I mean, their offense was terrible. Right. The defense won that game for them. The offense just didn't make any mistakes. The defense won the game, right? So... I feel like Clinton kind of ran that type of campaign. Like, she was never on offense. Uh, she, I'd argue that she was all, almost more vicious towards potential Trump supporters, calling them deplorable. Oh, my gosh. Hold on, hold on. Then she was to Trump. I feel like she was super nice to Trump. And I, I honestly felt like she believed that people would vote against Trump. And she didn't do anything to earn their vote. And we talked about this on the show. I told you that I was trying to earn your support. I remember that. And I felt like she didn't really go out and earn votes. And she, and, and so we can see that and even even Obama was critical of her. Said, hey, she probably should have went to some more fish fries in rural America. This is, this is and, my thing, though, in terms of like and, and offensive people, against and, him. But people did vote against him. They just didn't vote for her. Right. They, they voted for third-party candidates. For me, I think it's a very fine line in terms of her being an on, on offensive for Donald Trump. Not to say that 
that she should have been on offensive against his supporters, which I have problems with them too. Um, but the thing about it is, as a woman, it is very easy to be painted into a certain type of archetype of being a shrill, of being bad-tempered, of being incorrigible. And it's a very fine line where he can do that and not play into any stereotypes. But, and so I think that where they might have dropped, they might have dropped the ball there, but it's very easy to drop that ball when you think about it. But remember, we had this conversation this summer when when she selected Kane as her running mate. Right. You remember, and even at the at the convention, Kane was kind of like attacking Trump when he was mocking him and such. Because he could. But but remember what we said. That's not Kane's personality. That's not who he is. He's a nice guy. Right. Like, we know him. Like, this isn't who Senator Kane is. So, if, if she was going to be the nice person, she should have gotten someone that would have been okay, like a Joe Biden. Remember? Right. Obama was the nice guy. Mm -hmm. Joe Biden was the attack dog. Joe is hilarious. I love all and, those Joe memes. Yeah. That have me crying. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of the memes, did you see the one where he told, uh, like, he was like, hey, President, how about let's change all the door handles to cats? <laughs> to cats? Yeah. Oh, I get it. <laughs> I said, wow, people have too much time on their hands. They really but, do. But I think that goes back to my argument that she picked the wrong person to be her VP nominee. I mean, and that, that might be very well true. It's, as far as I'm concerned, I'm just crossing my fingers for these electors. And that's very, I know it's not. Um, I'm just, my stress I've, I think I've been able to like quell it a little bit, but I still get anxiety when I see all of the things that are happening when people are being emboldened by the fact that Donald Trump has is the president elect. We need to get um, you a boyfriend. A boyfriend. Yeah, that will help you with stress levels. This has nothing. Back to what I was saying. I don't know. I just, especially like looking at all of his. Well, two things. One, the the level of stress that my children carried into school the next day. I had a Facebook post where they had all of these like questions and concerns because I do teach in an impoverished area. I teach children who are the children of undocumented immigrants. Some of them have parents who are former felons. The level of anxiety that they brought into school and they don't even understand the full ramifications of what's going to happen further put stress on me and that's scary yeah okay i want to talk about that in a second I, I i want i really want to process some of their questions but so a couple things real quick trump articulated a message so sure we can look at the demographics of his voters mm -hmm. we can blame people but duh me i like to look at things a little bit differently so i really wanted to understand why some of these people voted for Trump. And so sure we I can don't really say, care to. It's inherent violence against me as a person. But I think Trump so, so I have a cousin, my cousin Kelvin, and I'll never forget it. He said the best story wins. The best story wins in the courtroom. The best story wins on the campaign trail. 
the best story wins when you're approaching women. Donald Trump had a terrible story. No, he did not. His story was, it, like I keep saying, it's no. inherent violence to my person but, and the person of other minorities. And yeah, people just did not But it care. resonated with some people. His yeah, story, their his, inherent his, sexism, bigotry, no, racism. His, no, I wouldn't argue. Yeah, yeah we, can, we can look at those sound bites. But let's look at his campaign and... Donald Trump portrayed this picture of NAFTA and such taking jobs away from America. The inner cities for the blacks. Yeah, but but he really talked about in rural America where he won this election in the Rust Belt, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Michigan, Wisconsin. Youngstown is, I think, one of the least diverse cities in America, where a lot of these places in the Rust Belt that are lacking ethnic diversity racial sure. diversity but but these people uh, some of these same places voted for president obama twice so we can't just say that it's just all because of race i like, didn't say it's all because but, of race there's but, sexism and islamophobia there's but, a whole lot of different things. yeah but they said that obama was a muslim so i mean I, sure those a things muslim? are variables did yes. you say muslim yes muslim <laughs> But my, my point is that I think he hit a chord with these people mm. that said that he was going to bring jobs back to them. But is he, though? I don't think so, but he, he okay. portrayed the best story. Okay. He inspired the base. Right. He won the election. Make America great again. What decade do we want to go back to? I, I don't want to go back to any of the decades, personally. None of them. I can't say that I do. Well, I've only lived. This is my. I'm just saying, like, hey, this is my fourth decade living in. Wow. Nobody, nobody cares. Coop. Either way. Sheesh, I'm getting old. Back to what I was saying. Like, make it great again for who is the question? Well, a lot of people feel like their lives was the best in the early in the in the nineties. The economy was high. People had jobs. We had rising rates of, uh, you know, uh, criminalization. I I, I know, but. Private prisons. A lot of people said that, no, those were the best years for them. Shout out to Bill Clinton. And and I think that's one reason that some of these people didn't vote for him. They didn't vote for his wife. I just, I I read an article uh, that my college roommate, she put on online, and it was talking about, you know, why some people possibly would have voted for donald trump if you eliminate all of the egregious things that he said or how like some people can be frustrated with immigration without necessarily like racializing it or being xenophobic i guess a lot of the people that are working in these rural areas they're living and working in places that do not have a lot of economic opportunity sure. so they see people who are coming from other countries but the thing about it is they're not going to these rural areas. The large, largest amount of immigrants are going to these major cities where economic opportunity exists. And because they're going there, they are being presented with more opportunity and more chances at success. They're not actually taking the jobs of those people who are living in those rural areas because business is not going there anyway. So you have that. And so they think that they're going to, you know, there's going to be a, a new 
revelation of these like these cities revitalization of these cities and these places and my argument is if this whole idea of trickle down economics or trickle down like business like that free market thing were true that Donald Trump has been talking about if he's so rich why hasn't he already been going into these places and developing them because it's not in his interest it's not in the interest of other people who are heading these major corporations it's it never was in their interest and it's not going to be in their interest and now that he's president we now have someone who can control our supreme court set us back for like and control our supreme court for decades these people serve until they die but congress is red or there's not majority it, it's majority Republican. Yeah, this and is the first time him. since nineteen twenty eight that we had a Republican in the White House and both chambers of Congress. Right. And what happened in nineteen twenty nine? Stock market crash. The Great Depression. But I'm not I'm, <laughs> I just, I'm, I'm, I'm just in saying, no way alluding to that happening. I'm just again. saying. I'm and, just saying you Trump, look at it. I, but I think so while some people now want to say, Oh, that a boy Trump and you know, he they trying to make him like he's the Republican darling. I think Trump is going to govern. He's trash. As someone that has no, like, I think he's going to govern from the perspective of I don't owe anyone anything. Because Trump didn't do this the Republican way. He didn't do this the Democratic way. He did this the Trump way. But this is and, the thing. And, a lot, and he has severed relationships with many members of Congress now. So I don't think that this is just going to be like a walk in the park and the Republican agenda is going to get pushed. And he's already backtracking on some of the things he said. Did Duh, you, we you, knew he was going did to. Did you look at the 60-minute interview last week? I, I watched some of it. Yeah. I couldn't watch I, all I mean, of it because even, I couldn't stomach it. Even down to Roe versus Wade, um, he said, well, the Supreme Court has already answered that. Like, there's a precedent. But he did say this. I'm pro-life and this administration will be very pro-life. Yeah, it's probably going to go back down to the states. Like, you know. Which is scary, especially if you live in a place like Texas where it's already but, problematic. But, but, I mean, but they were already doing it in Texas essentially anyway. But that's why we needed the Supreme Court to have that whole woman's health versus Helterstead to prevent them from continuing to do it. If you don't, I mean, it's already there, but things do go back to the Supreme Court. He is going to, I, I need someone to harvest organs to make sure that RBG just can last the next four to eight years. Because if she doesn't make it, that's two spots. And that to me is incredibly scary. Especially when you've got Thomas, you got Alito, like that, like my heart is pounding right now. And then I do think that he, I agree with you. He's going to do this the Trump way. And we already see that with his appointments. Yeah, I do want to talk about that point. <laughs> like we, we already see it in his, in his proposed appointments. You've got the U.S. Senator from Alabama, Jeff Sessions, for Attorney General. Which... That's really, really troubling to me. It's scary. Like, how do you... He wasn't like, even allowed like, like, to be like, a federal judge because they claimed that he was too racist. But you want him to be the U.S. Attorney General? The, Jeff Sessions said that the KKK was okay until he found out they smoked marijuana. Right. He called a black subordinate a boy. Multiple times. Yeah. He uh, he he called a white attorney a race trader for 
working with black clients. Right, but he he wants him to be the U.S. Oh, Attorney oh and he judge. said civil yeah. rights groups were un-American and they're doing more harm to America by trying to force all these things on us. Right, but you know, you forcing me to have a baby is no big deal. So this will be the man that will be in charge of investigations. Um, like that, like, like, like he will he will investigate cases that are catalysts for um, for civil rights organizations' reactions. But and given, and but, given but, but 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 like playing devil's advocate here. Oh my gosh! I like like the, yeah, it's it's definitely troubling. It's super but, troubling. But how many of these cases that we've seen? Like I, I saw on your Facebook. Your students were asking about police brutality. Absolutely. Given but, our current climate surrounding but, police brutality. But how many of those cases have we really ever seen a, a DOJ intervention? Well, this is the thing. But because not, the majority the, of them the are federal no. crimes. Right. Not not all of them. But with him, the it comes, it's like completely eliminated. Like any hope of it happening is out the door. And that to me is scary because even though you have we haven't had a lot of success in those areas, there's always that that space. There's always that chance with Jeff Jeff Sessions as Attorney General. There is no chance. Yeah, so, so it's yeah. pointless. And yeah, given we, we, our we probably won't state, have DOJ investigation. They'll be anything. Lo- they'll be looking at emails. That's what they'll be looking at. Right. Which I'm I'm still waiting for a new article to pop up about her emails. Or did that only matter when she was running for president? Because if it was that big of an issue, shouldn't we still be talking about it? I was, I'm just I'm just wondering. But then you've got that. You've got um, the U.S. representative from Kansas. It's like. Mike Pompeo, is that you say? Yeah, Pompeo. They they want him to be the director of the CIA, which he's very partisan. He's he was on the Benghazi like congressional hearing. Yeah, the congressional like the search party that they have. He's called for the death penalty for Edward Snowden, which to me just is ridiculous. Like, and you've got somebody who's the head of CIA just yeah. calling calling for the death penalty for someone who's released information. But the okay. death penalty? So that is crazy. So, what are they gonna start throwing the death penalty at for other people? Yeah, so I'm I'm not a fan of death penalty at all. But for releasing information. But let let's just let's look at this from a different perspective. So number one, his argument is that it's treason. But I'd argue I'd argue that Snowden probably helped contribute to some of these WikiLeaks. Oh yeah, absolutely. So, but still, the death penalty for that—we already know that you get the yeah, death penalty for stealing cigarellos. Yeah. So, death I'm, penalty for buying Skittles. So this is probably like the death penalty. I, I'm for sure he doesn't the think the same gun. thing about Snowden anymore. But if we get some rid of some of these people, like they're gonna have to be nonpartisan in some of these roles now. He's only appointed thus far highly partisan people. Like No, one of those people are Democrats, I thought. Which one of them? Uh no, that's the general. That oh, okay. the internment camp. Yeah, I was like, um, But but let's get rid of some of these people. This goes back to grassroots. Let's get rid of some of these people, right? And let's win some of these seats. Yeah, we absolutely need to. I mean, that's going to be the ultimate solution. I mean, to be fair, the 115th Congress is going to be the most diverse Congress that we've ever had. It's still problematic. I mean, I I think it's a problem when we're celebrating that 19% of the new Congress will will be female. 
Trump need to go ahead with these terms. But the overall population is 50% female. President-elect Trump, I support you on the term limits. I'm over you. But, like, the number of women of color in, in Congress is set to quadruple. Like, we did win some really great elections. We just didn't win enough of them. We need to, I think there's a time for us to be sad and to be anxious, but, like, we need to be feet to the ground. Just kind of p- and, pick yourself up, brush and, yourself and, off, and stop feeling moving. sorry for yourself. Two years from now, and let's fix this. Elections. No, no, we need to start this next year because next year we have House delegate races in Absolutely. Virginia. We have Attorney General, Lieutenant Governor, and Gubernatorial election next year in Virginia. Because, like, right now, like, you've got Donald Trump appointing Stephen Bannon to, oh my gosh, as Chief White House Strategist and Counselor. Like, this is urgent. Like, I understand that there's a time to grieve. And when I looked at my Facebook and when I looked at my Twitter line, when I looked at my students, I saw people moving through various stages of grief. Like, real, genuine grief. And I know because I felt it myself. Like, I cried. Like, boo-hoo cried. Like, a member of my family had died because I immediately felt unsafe. My students feel unsafe. People I know feel unsafe. And it's a genuine fear. But you have people, you, you got to pick up and move on at some point. Because this man, who was the executive chairman of Breitbart News, is what they keep calling, like, alt-right. Which I'm not here for this, like, renaming of these neo-Nazis white nationalists who basically are super anti-Semitic, super racist. He's going to be a senior member of the White House. <laughs> like, we got to pick ourselves up, like, with a quickness, like, quick in a hurry. That, that This is scary for a lot of people. And one of my biggest complaints is I've seen people on my feed where I've had to restrain myself from saying anything because I just didn't have the energy or the will to get into an argument. People saying, like, it's going to be okay. It's going to be fine. You are the you are in charge of your own life. Blah blah blah. Yeah, notice most of the people who are saying that are cis hetero white people. And it's like, yeah, you're going to be fine. There are millions of people who are not going to be fine though. And so as a group, especially I'm calling on white liberals, we we can't be in this mode of, oh, it's going to be fine or just complete despair. We got to pick ourselves up win these small elections, and come back strong. Because this is out of control. It's out of control. Like how, yeah, how upset I am. So how can we get to a point where people see the value in these local elections? But people are going to ignore largely. Like next year we have state elections in Virginia. The turnout right. will be nowhere near be as super high. Low. And so these are the people that can set like voter ID laws that can right. gerrymander districts. Right. Um, so, so how do we like? Th- and these are the people that set like your state tax rates and affect your local schools and such. Like, so how do we get to a point where we can really implore these people? We got to go vote in these elections. I think it's really important to place a lot of emphasis on education, specifically civics education, and that's oh, so not just because. Not just because I'm a teacher, but I think that there is a lot. We teach civics in eighth grade in Virginia, and then we teach it again, I believe, in 12th grade. Yeah. Right around the time when students are right before they're eligible to vote. True. 
And I think, though, we do we work hard and my kids are all this year they were riled up they were like why can't we vote like if i could have had an if i could have allowed every child in my classes permitted them to vote i guarantee like 99 i have some apathetic ones but i, I guarantee like 99 percent of them would have voted we need better civics education for adults in general because you forget you forget just how important these local elections are. And not only that, the second thing that we need to do better about is just awareness. I think people who read the newspaper are much more likely to vote in elections, in smaller elections, because they see the local news being fed to them. Most people, though, aren't getting the newspaper anymore, not getting their local newspaper anymore. They're looking at national papers that are talking about national topics. And so it's easier to get them riled up about these national things, like the president, when that's really all that you see. I have, I have very aware friends who call me on the day of small elections to ask me who are they supposed to vote for because they don't even know who, who's on the ballot. They're just voting off principle. Because I don't think the education, the outreach is there people don't know so, if you're not watching your local news or reading the local newspaper you don't know who's running so should our emphasis be on candidates reaching these people yeah absolutely or should we part place part of the blame on the people for not helping themselves as well well the thing about it is i don't i don't think people are blameless you have to want to be active in your own you know whatever you want to you have to be active in in your own freedoms however it is very easy to get lost into the day-to-day and i don't think placing blame on them is going to solve anything it's only going to probably make them more frustrated with the process and turn them away so do you think the candidates play a role in this as well oh absolutely because I one thing about obama you know people like i gotta go out and vote like there was an energy there that you know people were inspired and overall i don't think people were as inspired by clinton's candidacy and i think some people said oh well it's the first woman people are going to come out like women are going to come out but and she'd mobilize been in the public her. eye for so long that yeah. there was too much for her to have tripped up on throughout the years when obama ran he ran almost he was four years in the public eye right and so I think there was a lot less time for him to fail or a lot fewer things for people to hold against yeah, him. Or for him to evolve on. Right. Yeah. In the way that Hillary Clinton has, she's been in the public eye for decades. Years. Yeah, all, pretty much my entire life. Right. And so you're going to... You're gonna evolve. You're you're gonna change. You're going to slip up. You're gonna back policy that is not effective or can be hurtful. It happens. And I think people didn't think about how that would negatively impact her. And the same, they were just like, oh, the first woman, just like the first black guy. But had Barack Obama ran with the amount of baggage that Hillary Clinton ran with, he would have never even been the Democratic nominee. So something else, uh, you know, kind of coming to a close here that I'd like to look at only it was only like 50 percent of registered voters in america actually voted that's true i looked at that too and so you know you start looking at some things and looking at solutions the states that have like 
three of the states that had like the top 10 turnout, the top 15 turnout, all have mail-in voting now. So those are Colorado, Washington, and Oregon. So three names that we probably won't ever really read about in history books are Ross Perot, mm -hmm. Ralph Nader, mm -hmm. and Gary Johnson. Right. But, I mean, will we... I feel like those Ralph people, Nader and that whole Florida issue with Bush and Gore, and they a lot of people blame him for for Bush winning. Yeah, but, so Ralph Nader, I think people are yeah, going to hear about. So those people have changed the course of our politics over the past twenty four years. Um, you know, for those of you all don't know, Ross Perot was a businessman, ran third party. And I'd argue without Ross Perot, there would have been no Bill Clinton in 92. Mm -hmm. And uh, with no Bill Clinton in 92, we may not have had George W. Bush in 2000. But also, you know, as you just alluded to, Ralph Nader helped beyond the butterfly ballot and all of the issues we had in Florida. Right. And the Supreme Court given the election to George W. Bush. Um Without Ralph Nader, I don't think that happens. No. No, it doesn't. And without uh, Gary Johnson, I don't think we have a president-elect Donald J. Trump either. That's presuming that those people not, not, weren't protest votes against Donald Trump. And that's presumed. I, I, don't, I don't know. Because I feel like a lot of people... One of my irritations with people who voted for Gary Johnson in particular is he had a, a libertarian. He's, he's a libertarian. And libertarians tend to do better with people of conservative values. So I personally saw when I was looking at Gary Johnson, I was looking at those as protest votes against Trump but not for Hillary Clinton. Like, people who weren't going to vote for Hillary Clinton anyway, they felt obligated to vote, but they just couldn't bring themselves to vote yeah, for the Republican candidate. Some of them, but I think some of the uh, Hispanic voters in Florida probably would, between Stein and Johnson, I think they, they took a lot of votes. And, you know, Clinton fared very poorly in uh, in Utah as well. Um, once upon a time, she was like in third, which I was a little bit surprised about. Hmm. But Johnson got a lot of votes this year with very little coverage. Other than him not knowing what things were? Yeah, without knowing. Like, he didn't even know what Aleppo was, but look how many votes he got. I mean, I think a lot of them were protest votes, honestly. Sure. But we also need to look and see who are these representatives at the DNC from each state. So some of these people may already have relationships with Dean. So it'll, it'll be interesting. It'll be interesting. It will be. So this concludes episode 14. And I promise you we'll be back very soon. Very, for, very soon. For episode 15. Um, from me to you, happy Thanksgiving. Yes, happy Thanksgiving. It's my favorite holiday. <laughs> Yes. Yes. <laughs> Thanks for listening. Please share, subscribe, come again with a friend. Talk to you soon. Bye.